podcast of the Maine Community Foundation. We speak with organizations and partners around the state who are working to improve the quality of life for all Maine people. I'm Taylor Mace. Today's guest is Terry Willette, president of the board of Families First Community Center in Ellsworth, a transitional home for families facing homelessness in Hancock County. Terry, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for, uh, for having me. <laughs> I was hoping you could share um, about Families First and its mission and, and what you all do there. Sure. Uh, Families First Community Center is a nonprofit. We provide supportive transitional uh, housing for homeless families with children. Our mission is to break the cycle of generational homelessness by uh, giving uh, families the skills they need to uh, gain self-sufficiency. How is Families First Community Center different from a shelter? Well, it's different on many levels. Um, shelters are for emergency, emergency shelter needs. So people just come in as they are off the street. Um, so there's more coming and going. Um, there's no programming involved. It's strictly a, a place to stay, um, to my understanding. And what we, uh, what we have, in essence, transitional supported housing. So our, our houses, you're going to expect to be there longer. There should not be as much transitioning of people in and out of the house. And actually, if you are in an emergency situation, unfortunately, our house is probably not going to be able to take care of your needs um, at the FFCC house, which is unfortunate because a lot of people often wait until they're in a crisis before they ask for help. Can you talk a little bit about um, how the organization began and where it is today? Absolutely. So it began as a, as a dream, really. Uh, our founder, uh, Dawn Coffin, she and a couple other women, Alice Grindle and Connie Jan Sears, they all worked at the Emmaus Shelter. And they would work really hard with um, you know, families and, and individuals so that they could leave the shelter. And what they found was without enough supports in place, um, the, they came back again. And sometimes their needs were even greater when they came back. So Dawn in particular said, you know, there's gotta be a better way. You know, there needs to be a, a transitional place where people can get housing, but also get the supports to, um, to help them build you know, uh, a vision for their own life and uh, to have the skills that maybe they didn't get growing up, which often is the case in uh, generational poverty. The first phases, um, they fundraised, they had a small board and it, you know, they really did a lot of work. The, the foundation was laid uh, by, you know, just 100% effort, 110% effort, particularly from Don Coffin. She, uh, she is pretty amazing. And, and then we purchased the house in uh, the very end of 2017 and began construction. And essentially everything was being done by the board and volunteers. So we had a huge, huge volunteer effort to get that 
accomplished. And um, I'm really thankful for all the people that were involved. And then last year, 2021, we uh, had our first year of operations and successfully made it through. We have all our apartments filled and uh, we're looking forward to growing the program. How many uh, apartments are there and how many families can live in the home? We have six apartments and uh, so six families. Four of them are two bedroom. Uh, One is a three bedroom and one is a four bedroom. So we can accommodate some of the larger families. Although I have to say um, the most common uh, situation is uh, single mothers with one or two small children. So the two bedroom uh, vouchers are the, the most common request. How are people able to get into the home and what's the process uh, for that? First, they would uh, contact us and our housing director would work with them to just go through some preliminary screening questions to find out if they would qualify. Um, You have to be homeless uh, with minor children. uh, And most of the time we require that you have custody of those children. Uh, some people, unfortunately, due to their circumstances, have, uh, don't have custody of their children, and that, that does limit us a little bit. Their income has to uh, be less than 50% of the median income for Hancock County, and, and it, they also have to have a desire to want to work and change, uh, you know, to grow so that they can break that cycle. And so after uh, an interview uh, with the director, uh, she would then initiate paperwork with the housing authority, which does require a a lot of work. And and then we do second second interviews where we can get to know them a little bit better and find out for sure if this would be a good fit for them. Once families are living in the home, how long can they live there? Or what is the process for transitioning out of the facility? So families can stay um, essentially 12 to 24 months is the expectation. Um, Although if someone really needed some more time, we wouldn't necessarily kick them out after 24 months if they, you know, needed a few more months or six months. And so the goal is that uh, when they leave, the short answer is self-sufficiency. Now that can look different for a lot of different people, you know, um, with the cost of renting in the area as high as it is, um, there's a huge population of people who are having a challenge um, making ends meet. So I would say in this environment, uh, self-sufficiency would, would also include, you know, being able to utilize a housing voucher if needed. And the bigger picture, though, is that that they won't come back and become homeless again. That's the real goal. And when I talked to some of the families at the house, when we were talking about that and reinforcing, you know, this is why we have the program so that you'll never have to be homeless again with your children. You know, the looks on their faces were really, you could tell, like that's that's a huge, huge thing and a very traumatic thing to go through. So, you know, we, we feel that the, some of the other key components is that they will gain confidence 
uh, gain job skills so that they can increase their uh, capacity to earn money and, and that their children will enjoy the stability, the benefits of a stable home and that they would have access to the resources they need. Um, for me, that's the, the, the kids. It's breaking the cycle so that those little kids, when they grow up, they will have memories of a warm house and food on the table and you know not being displaced. And when they leave, that's our goal. Beyond a place to live, are there um, programs or other supports in place at Families First that these families can utilize? Um, yes, we, um, we are building our capacity for, for additional on-site programming. So I have to say this first year, essentially we uh, connected our families with community resources, with some of our community partners so that they could get uh, parenting skills and, and healthcare and, and counseling and uh, job training. But our goal this year is to you know, increase our staffing so that we can have more on-site uh, classes and things like cooking classes and uh, gardening and uh, financial management, time management, those kind of things. What does homelessness look like in Hancock County? That's a great question. And I was actually asked that uh, at a convention a couple of years ago. It's hard to see. Um, we don't often have people you know, right on the street. Uh, so from my experience, I would say it looks like um, people staying in hotels and motels with very little funds and no place to go. It looks like people living in campers and vehicles and um, staying with friends and family and then moving again and staying, you know, wherever they can, which is called couch surfing. Um, those are those are the main uh, ways that homelessness is expressed around here. I know there are encampments as well, um, but I would say. Um, most of the, the people who come to us in particular, they come from um, kind of emergency, unstable and sometimes unsafe living conditions because they have nothing else. You were talking about um, increasing your staff and programs. Um, what are the other um, plans for Families First in the future? Uh, one of our other uh, really big plans is to uh, complete our outdoor play area and work towards having our on on-site childcare. That childcare and you know access to it is a huge component of uh, you know what people struggle with, and so um, it's going to take us a little while. But part of our building was specifically designed to be a childcare, and um, so we have. We have the physical space, but we need to add, you know, we need to build the capacity to hire and run a childcare facility right there. Another um, thing that we would like to do, or we are going to be doing in the future is also uh, expanding our ability to serve people in the community. So not just the families that live at the house, 
but others who call and um, have needs. So we call that outreach. And uh, we are, are working to grow that. We've been doing it to, uh, to some extent, but we would like to develop a more formalized program so that we can do that. Why are services uh, like Families First um, so important for communities like Hancock County? I think they're important because people really need people to help, you know, um, that human connection uh, of support because there are a lot of resources out there, um, but what oftentimes happens is they're challenging to get access to. There's paperwork and follow-up phone calls and, and, you know, things that are done online and transportation issues even. So having a place like Families First Community Center, we, with our on-site staff, you know, we help them to problem solve. We assist with transportation. We help take care of uh, some of the other concerns that oftentimes overwhelm someone to the point where they just don't fill out that application and they just don't make it to that next appointment. And so um, I think it's the, the human factor and that day-to-day support um, and just knowing that there is someone there. Uh, you know, we encourage independence. Uh, so we try you know, not to just give people answers, but help them find their own answers. So they're developing the tools they need to problem solve, you know, when they're, when they're not living there. How can people in um, Hancock County support Families First Ellsworth uh, to help break the cycle of homelessness? There's a few different ways you can help. Um, financial is probably the biggest. It is extremely expensive uh, to help people. <laughs> There's a lot of extra insurances and, and just, just having like to have someone there, even you know that cost. So uh, donations is, are critical. And also people who are willing to uh, volunteer their time. Um, there's ways to volunteer one-on-one uh, -on -one with families where you develop a close relationship with one particular family. But there's also uh, volunteer opportunities for people who just want to come and um, spend some time. Uh, we have one volunteer coming on that uh, is particularly interested in reading and working with the kids. Um, and so we're pretty excited about that. I would like to say thank you to all our donors and volunteers. Um, the, the gifts that you've made are making a difference right, right now, right for families right now, right here in Hancock County. And um, in particular, I wanna say thank you to Maine Community Foundation because you have cultivated, um, you know, a community of, of philanthropy and the advised donors um, are making a huge impact for us. And we, we hope to see that continue. And it's just great to have, I feel like I have support as a, as a board president in families, uh, in Maine Community Foundation. They give us advice and they're just kind of always there for us.
Well, thank you so much, Terry. Thank you for joining us and for all of your work you're doing to help break that cycle of homelessness in Hancock County. To learn more about Families First Community Center, visit www.familiesfirstellsworth.org. Thank you for listening to Maine Ties, a podcast of the Maine Community Foundation. You can listen to future episodes on our website, www.maincf.org, or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. The Maine Ties theme music is Blue Heron by Chris Moore of 317 Maine Community Music Center. Music